When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that's giving up on coming up with a funny intro this week after fucking it up so many times. This week on Heart and Hand, two wins in England, we're going to win the Champions League. Welcome to Art Hand Rangers Podcast, my name is David Edgar and join me this week by old-fashioned technology is Mr Scott Vandenacker. Hello, very old-fashioned. Very old-fashioned. Scott's joining us by a method called the telephone that you youngsters might have heard us old people talking about using back in the day. Yes, um, my iOS is too old to run the new Skype and with something, we tried a Facebook Messenger service, didn't work. Try Quicksilver Messenger Service, didn't work. Try yogurt cartons, didn't work. Smoke signals, so he just phoned me. We did encourage yeah. uh, the idea of having a pod done by letter, but our estimates that was to do an hour would require 374 letters, and that's a lot of stamps. It is. Plus, we don't have the servants or footmen to deliver them, which is really what we want. No, exactly. We can, but, we can but, sit with the ink, they draw a letter, they'd hand it to someone. Yes. Who just take it somewhere else? That's what we wanted, really. Well, Scott, it seems like ages since you've been on, uh, and as as you were telling me there, it sort of feels like we're starting a new season after starting a new season a month ago. Well, I'm thinking that we probably put the progress. What we could probably do right is make try and make everyone forget it. If anyone says, "Didn't you guys not play?" Well, by who? No, we haven't played in Europa League this year. What? No, it no, wasn't it, us. It seems. It, lo- sort of, it happens. It's, it seems long ago enough. Now that I think that we'd have a shout at getting away with that, um, but alas, alas, long memories, and uh, we did manage to keep the pod going through four weeks of nothingness, which I think is pretty admirable. In that time, actually, I've got to say, Hoggy yeah. stepped up in a way that haven't seen many do. You know, when they make unpromising beginnings, and you think, well, they're never going to be a favourite, but Hoggy's performance on the last pod was so outstanding. People are saying, you know, Mark Hately style comeback, and I wonder if that leaves you as a sort of Mo Johnston. In the Mark Hately, Ali McCoy, Smo Johnson triumvirate as being the spare prick at the wedding? Well, A, I haven't reset any stolen tracksuits. Yeah. B, I haven't been sent off a nothing stupid row. Basically, you wouldn't let me do that. No. Because uh, Stuart was a, a, a big personal favourite of yours. And thirdly, anyway, let's not bother with thirdly, David. No. Let's just move on. Let's just move yeah. on. Can I, can I say something here about football nature? David said that we're going to win the. The Champions League. The other thing, folks, I want you guys out there in pod lands to maybe help us here with a bit of social and media interaction. I think winning with the Europa League first, then the Champions League, would get in the way of, of winning the league. David thinks we play a B-side in domestic football and concentrate in Europe. What do you guys think? I think that that's going to be the way to go. I mean, we'll see what happens when it happens. Um, obviously, considering now that in the last week, We've drawn with Marseille, 
beat Watford away, beat Sheffield Wednesday away. It's very difficult now to look at the season with anything other than just utter 100% hat filled to the brim confidence. Until we lose, and then David and I are going to get laid right into the team, the management, and everyone else can send to the club. Yeah, until Motherwell. Um, we'll, we'll come to that game in a minute. Let's start off at the weekend. There's, there was loads to, to talk about from this weekend. First of all, we'll start with the game. There was a lot of off-the-field stuff happened in England and not just dealing with us. Um, but we'll, we'll kick off with the game itself. Now, Rangers took, first of all, 9,500 fans to Sheffield, which is outstanding. And I'd like to read a tale from uh, Mr Dingwall, who was telling me about a supporters bus that went down there with 51 people on it. And when it left on Sunday night, it had 30, because 21 had gone AWOL and elected to stay in Sheffield on the piss. I think that's dedication above and beyond the College of Tate. Admirable, um, isn't it? I don't know if it is admirable, because I'm hinpicked. So frankly, I'm disgusted that he got away with it. I'm no. probably a bit jealous too. Yeah, well, no, just because you're a, a, a pussy shouldn't mean that other people should be judged by your limp dick standards. That's really unfair. Well, I certainly hope they wouldn't be. No, just, just because you're whoopa, and uh, to, to use a line from the 90s, then that, uh, that, that shouldn't reflect badly on others. But Rangers went Chevy Wednesday, who are a good side and will be certainly, I would say, thinking very much about a promotion challenge if not then uh, a playoff challenge and they do play next week so it's not like you know their first game's the same time as ours so yes you may say that we started our season early uh, and in and inverted commas you know we started uh, our season early but it, it was a, a decent test and that they do have a game next week you would hope they would hope I'm sure to be kind of as close to match fit as possible and Rangers just played really really well and uh, 1-2-0 with goals in each half one from the much lamented Josh Windass who we'll come to in a wee minute and uh, the evergreen Kenny Miller and I think probably the thing that, that most encouraged people Scott was again the Alves-Cardoso partnership looks very very solid and in front of that having Dorans and Jack uh, at complementing each other and also sort of filling in a gap that we had the previous season is looking pretty solid. You add that to Herrera up front, who, hard-working, big unit, doesn't look as though he's going to be prolific, but gives you a presence. And suddenly Rangers seem to have something that they haven't had for a few seasons, which is a spine. To be honest, that could be in two ways. And we've got something we haven't had in a while, which is a backbone. Yeah. Which is not quite the same as a spine. I mean backbone temperamentally as well. Mm. I think, according to people who got, who were following... The Watford game as well, but via tweet or people who know people, you know, he's in the know people. Again, we weren't bullied. We didn't lose that many 50-50s. And we didn't get pushed back when Watford came at us after half-time. And the same in Sheffield. We didn't do that thing to do where every cross ball, every attack, every time we lose the ball, it's just panic stations. Mm. Now, we appear to have uh, be able to mix it with teams, which is fantastic. There are a lot of worries. And of course... David has delegated me, of course, in this pod to the role of um, Morning Myrtle. And I will explain later that maybe some of the doubts you may have going into the season. But you cannot argue with the central midfield, the central defence, and even, may I say, Candias. Uh, mm-hmm. He yes. does look like... <sighs> David and I were at the game years ago, folks. We're sitting next to each other in our seats, right? Lovely day. I can't remember who we were playing. But Rickson was doing his usual. Fernando was putting over ball after ball to nobody. Just aimless punts. And the guy was me- going mental for us and shouting, that's brilliant crosses. He's brilliant. It's just that 
they don't go to anyone. Imagine how good those crosses would be if somebody scored from them. Yes, <laughs> guys, like, it's not his fault. He's putting them in the right places. And and that's what it is. Kind of at the moment, he's getting his head down. He's working really hard. Some of his crosses are great, but they're nowhere near any of our players in blue. So we have to wait to see if they can get the communication going mm. because he does look like a really good addition at wide. Now, to, again, so David can berate me and abuse me, and this is my role has been for many a year. I'm not convinced at fullback. No, I don't think I would argue with you there. We have to keep the centre half wrapped in cotton wool because beneath them there's a pretty big drop off. Yeah, that's true. And up front, apart from obviously Kenny Miller scored almost every goal pre season, every game, there's not a lot of goal threat there. No. Herrera's a big unit, he'll move people about, but he doesn't look overly familiar with scoring goals. And we can't we haven't really found anyone in the other flank from Candia. And Morelos has come and gone, five minutes here, a game there, a wee leg knock there. You know, there are some creative worries. We've tried Crancia, obviously we've tried Windass. Who played well. New players coming in. Windass played and, well in that, that wing and run. Actually, one of the things I should say about Windass is almost kind of like Jason Holt, who did okay towards the end of last season, is that Josh Windass is never, ever a box-to-box midfielder, no matter how much Mark Warburton tried to make him one. Uh, he just doesn't have the skill set to do that role. And it, it's not a case of saying, you know, oh, well, we'll teach him. You're not going to teach him. He's never going to be able to do it. He just can't. Whereas he was used as a winger. There's really, kind of, or a number 10, maybe a kind of more an inside forward, the one for the old Bears. But he did play very well. And he did do the defensive side of the job well. Less of that than, than would be expected if you're one of three centre midfielders, only three centre midfielders. But as a, a he did put in a shift that showed maybe, and he still has to do it on a more regular basis, that maybe there might be a player there. He's never really, it's never been anyone who, no one's doubted that there's a player there in terms of getting your head up and creating problems for the opposition. The problem last season was. Whenever a move broke down, he just watched it all unfold. He didn't track back. No, he, he just didn't sort of stood there, really. And that was no good in Scotland. The SPL gets, gets criticised from all close sides, basically from us mainly. Hmm. I mean, you, but the only thing SPL does have is some fit, organised teams who can break on you. And we can't have any. We're not good enough. We're not a team like Barca or Real Madrid who can have somebody who just faffs about up front. We're not good enough uh, yet. And Windass is going to have to learn that. He's going to have to track back whether he likes it or not. And that's why it was good to see Candias. He's doing that. He understands that you have to drift back. And he also seems to understand that if Windass was attacking down the left, Candias would drift in a bit to be like a second striker. Mm. That's what Windass has to do. It's be a bit more tactical, follow the game and do what's required of the job. Look along the line, make sure he's the same distance back. Listen to Jack and uh, Dorans pointing to him where to go. And he should be fine. But if he does last season fart a chance staring around, then he still is his place is under threat. I think he might be one of the ones whose place is under threat. He can't get that tactical side of the game. No, and I think that that's a, a valid concern and not often I'll say that to you. Um you Thanks, are a, mate. usually it's you're wrong, you dick. That's well, you say. Yeah, well, yeah, but usually you are, whereas this is a more um sensible criticism and I, I can't yet um, turn around and call you a moron for it because I think that the difference that Alves, Cardoso, Jack and Dorans have made 
is visible immediately. You can, you know, anyone can see the difference that they've made. Not only you mentioned their backbone, and not not only in terms of their football ability, which is great, but their attitude and their personalities are coming through, and they are stronger than what we've had before. And one of the things that, that was really noticeable on on Sunday in particular. I don't care if he's got an armband or not. Alves is the captain, and you can see that um, he doesn't. He don't need no stinking armband, right? Uh, yeah. He tells the defence when to go out. He tells them when to come back. He, he's talking all the time in the midfield. Jack plays a captain at Aberdeen. Takes responsibility. Dorans, senior pro, knows it. Takes responsibility, and the difference is enormous. Now, I do though share your concern about up front. There is some ability there. I'm not denying that at all. I like Herrera in that. I think he looks like a really good foil. I think a goal-scoring striker would love to play with him because he does all the donkey work. He really does. Um, Works hard as a unit. Ragdolled Glenn Leuvens, which was amusing and a nice throwback to to happier days for us all. And he looks... (sighs) He'll do the donkey work, which means sometimes people will criticise him for being a donkey, but he's not going to score 30 goals, right? That's Forget that. It's, I, you can tell. And, and uh, See if we come at the end of the season and he's scored 30 goals. Please, all of you, come back right in. Tell me in Scott what a pair of fuds we are. I just don't think it's in his makeup to do that. And I don't think he's been signed to do that either. I think his job is to do the unglamorous work, which you still need to do even up front. I do worry about what's next to Morelis is young, um, but the options then are Kenny Miller, who still, for me, has a tendency to just drift into midfield too often. Probably from the last few seasons where, if he wanted the ball, he kind of had to. And Martin Waghorn, who, God love him, I just don't think is ever going to be a reliable goal scorer for us. So uh, that's maybe an area that we have to look at strengthening it, uh, strengthening in. But... After progress, you have to say we're going into the season at least in a slightly better frame of mind than looked possible a few weeks ago. Oh, obviously. I mean, I think there's two things. First of all, we have been not lucky, sorry, this is not right, but if you notice the goals, Marseille, Detect, Watford, across the over the keeper, and we've not created that much more playing, but we're still scoring. We've scored in all all friendlies then. In recent last three games, what I would do was last night I was talking to a few folks, and this would be a bit true to you, David. You're going to like this, the old chum. But we're talking about Dorans, how good he is, mm-hmm. and how sometimes drops a shoulder, puts back. And at the moment, he's not the same wavelength as the strikers that we have. They've not maybe trained enough together, it's not second nature. But everyone thought that Naismith mm, would be a really good player to play with Herrera, with someone like Dorans. Stephen Dorns drops his shoulder, puts a ball or, or puts a diagonal in or flicks it over the top or times. Naismith's a clever player too. He's exactly in that wavelength. He's played at a higher level. And I wonder, will we want to lynch him, take him back to yesterday and lynch him? We cross it in the lawn. Rather than an out-and-out striker, is a clever player on Dorns' wavelength some, with her there maybe something we should think about? Like, somebody with a football brain to match Dorns? Is that something... Or do you think it's just a poacher? Well, point counterpoint, as you would do. Um, as that stolen, try and buy time, mate. Though. Right, right. Naismith and Dorans played together at Norwich, and it didn't exactly work the way you described. Mm. I feel like Dorans 
Martin did which for behind him. Well, that's, that's true. I blame him for most things. Um, has he signed and for Hibs? Is that, did I make that up or did I read that? He's signed for Hibs? I think he might have signed for Hibs. Um, Good. I was going to that later. I've talked about it now. Do you know something? I think Hibs could be a challenger along with Aberdeen. I think Hearts are going to be shite. And I think Hibs actually might not be too bad. But Hearts might get a manager in now. They've sacked Ian Cathro. I know when they talked about somebody like uh, Presley. Mm-hmm. That, would be that would be a frying pan fire job. I don't know. To you know me, I don't really follow the Diddy Club, so it's difficult for me to say. I know that they bought the guy from the United, and he scored a few, but he, he tends to be streaky uh, in terms of his goals uh, in his past career. Hearts, Hearts have got better players than they're showing. I, I saw their game on Saturday. Um, thanks very much, Ian Cathro made a few quid because the Fernland were six to one. I had money in there and cashed out just before the late equaliser. So. Um, uh, they do have a decent looking squad on paper and you know clearly Cathro which in a way is a shame for people like you and I who are all for progressive ideas and I still maintain you don't have to have been a top line player to make a football manager but it would help if you're not a kind of wee weird day guy that hangs about the gyms looking to sniff seats once everybody's used them um, the guy had the communication skills of a deodorant and it was quite apparent that that's not going to work. It might work as a coach where you've got a manager who can impress that on people, but it was never going to work for, for that personality, unfortunately. But uh, you're right, I think Hearts are going to do the very traditionally Scottish thing of going from someone like that, someone different, to someone exactly like the identical pure Scottish manager. I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be... Put it like this, I think that the top five is settled already. Um, in Scotland and it's just in which order that they come yeah. Aberdeen look alright they look as though they've kind of gelled a wee bit with the, the new players that they've got um, ourselves are, are starting to show a bit of form I think Hearts will improve although one thing about Hearts is they've got four away games and then Aberdeen at home in the first five matches so that might and they may be Jamie walker list. we were talking about needing to bring in some quality up front how would you feel about Jamie Walker yeah. coming in? I just think he's a bit like he reminds me of Pena in that at the moment... How the fuck do you know what Pena plays like? Well, right. So I'll, I'll go into Pena in a minute, OK? But... If we're going to go 4-4-2 occasionally, and we're looking for a striking partner for Hena, it might not always be the, the two wingers, and I don't know if he'll automatically get a game. But Pena, for example, see the moment, the way we've played the last few games in the midfield, who's he going to dislodge from the team? At the there's moment, nobody. No, yeah. There's no chance he's getting in before... Jack and Dorans? No. Um, it's interesting. Um, I wonder if if we buy Walker, which I think he's a good player and he's a bear and I'd like to see him, but that does dictate a 4 3 And that's actually one of the ideas that's been dropped a bit recently in the friendly. It's not being used as much. I don't think it does. I think you can still play a 4 4 2, have him as a winger and then play a right or a left sided midfielder, depending on what one you want to play him on. I suppose we could. Um, there's also a 3 5 2 idea, of course, that we ended. Sheffield wins the game with. Yeah. Where you're talking about either two two wide mids who would also have to be wing backs. A Walker works hard as does Candias. So you are looking at that. So there's a role. They're both hard working wide players. Mm-hmm. So that could be something as well. To be honest, if we had get the money to bring in more quality that are also Bears, then yes, I would say it every time. Uh, Warburton bought a collection of spineless dolts. If, you, if we can have the money to bring in more bears, you know what it's all about, who are actually good players too, then God, yeah, yeah, I would say bring them in. Yeah, definitely. Now, 
Apart from uh, a good solid win, as I say, it was nine and a half thousand bears went to Sheffield and uh, under significant media scrutiny, not caused by anything we'd done, but uh, caused by the behaviour of Celtic fans uh, in Sunderland where they went for a friendly on Saturday. Now, there's been the usual kind of social media game of one-upmanship, um, which is a touch dreary. But I was thinking about this, about you know why it's come to this. And I think that this is probably going to shock you, Scott, but I think it's Celtic fans' fault. I did think that's what was going. Right. What you've done, though, is get us there really quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll tell you why it is. It's the Celtic supporter myth. Everyone loves us. And then every time they go to England, it's aptly demonstrated that that's not the case. That, in fact, many people dislike them intensely. Um, and up there with uh, everybody hates yous and every time we go to England um, it tends to be demonstrated that that's not the case because funnily enough people in England don't hate people who sing nice things about their country and they do dislike people who sing about people trying to bomb their country and that I think was exemplified on on at the weekend, and then you saw the rather desperate attempts of the Celtic support. I actually saw people trying Celtic fans tweeting myself this. You know, obviously they were kind of immediately banned and told not to pull out my time so um, my timeline even. But the 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 usual kind of nonsense was spouted by the Tommy Robinson from I think the English Defence League or whatever the fuck it's called, um, wearing a Rangers top. And they, the Celtic supporters that, that certainly were on, on my timeline and a lot of other people's say, aha, there you go, he's wearing a, a Rangers top. That's because all Rangers fans are EDL members. And I thought, wait, how, how does that work? Hang on. He's wearing a Rangers top. Therefore, everyone who supports Rangers is a member of the EDL or SDL. Yeah. It couldn't just be that you're a bigot and you hate us and you're trying to find any evidence at all to justify that hatred. No, it's you're all members of the EDL. Right, I'm with you. And uh, everything passes safely, nice in Sheffield. Wednesday fans get on great with us. So they find a story about, uh, I believe, some homeless guy and or whatever, charity collector that a couple of arseholes in our support um, gave hassle to, which other fans made up for by immediately creating a, a donation page and, and raising about five grand for the guy's charity. But you could sense the desperation to find something that we'd done to take the heat off the Celtic spot. And I was thinking it's it's not really their fault. It's the media up here sell them a dummy, which is that they tell them, you're really beloved, we love you, you're great, they're evil bastards, you're right about them. And the reality outside of Scotland and probably outside of, of west of Scotland, if we're being totally honest here. That's not the case at all. And whenever Celtic fans go somewhere, and it happens in Europe as well, and the myth is exposed for what it is, just a, a wank fantasy of Celtic supporters in the media, they can't handle it and they react like children. And that's what we saw at the weekend. And you saw it again though with the media where they tried to downplay the incidents with the Celtic supporters, they tried to find anything to cause the blame, anything to excuse it. 
Whereas with Rangers, they were looking for any negative story whatsoever, no matter how small, that they could spin as a sort of balance because it doesn't fit the agenda up here that we weren't the travelling Visigoths out on you know, destructive marches and that they weren't jolly cracksters all out for a good time that everybody goes fiddly D, plays a penny whistle, brings out a goat, um, Paddy McGinty dances, all that kind of shit. And it was very mm-hmm. interesting this weekend to see that. I think what's interesting in two levels is firstly how social media has changed things. Like, oh, Tommy Robinson attacked the Celtic fans on their way to the game. Then five seconds later through social media you realise that Tommy Robinson's signing books three miles in the stadium in the other direction. And that these Celtic fans have gone out of the way to attack the shop he was in. You can't get into it now because the media would love to get away with it. But people... Maps, Google Maps, people can now say, here are the Celtic fans attacking the shop, here's where the shop is in relation to the stadium. And it basically unravelled on social media while the actual old-style media struggled to firefight. Mm. And that's what I thought was interesting. The lies were exposed as the media was still trying to make them up. And it's going to give them a lot less room to manoeuvre, especially after 14 new later fines and bans in the last few years. And secondly... The pathetic stuff about a charity collector. The guy was dressed from top to toe in green because he was collecting for Macmillan cancer. Someone nicked his hat and called him a, something deep. You're right. The guy ended up getting his hat back. He's since been invited to a game at Ibrox and get £5,500. No, but by the way, uh, we're not excusing the, the people who did this are scum. Absolute fucking wallopers. The guy's a charity if collector. You, if you attack a guy collecting for cancer charities, yeah, then... You're, you're a fucking scumbag. Probably jail, yeah. never mind... Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Let, let's. There's no equivocation here about it. But straight away, the Rangers fans banded together to try and make it right. And of course, you saw the thing from the Celtic supporters go, "Ah, you're only doing that for the good publicity." Well, why the fuck were you reporting it in the first place? So, if you're allowed yeah. to do that, then if that was our our aim, then we're just playing the, the same game as you. And secondly, people putting their hand in their pocket for McMillan might have kind of deeper reasons than, than that, you fucking pricks. Yep. And also, I just think in general, it, it does show you again the media struggled to firefight this one. And so much so that today, a couple of papers started exposing the real truth behind Sunderland. That I never thought I would see. And it also happened a lot quicker than I thought it would happen. And I do think that if Rangers fans are smart and savvy here, there's a real chance using social media and using even... We can actually start exposing some of what's actually going on in this country. And it's harder and harder for the old-style media. I mean, the daily record in the sun is jam-packed with Celtic fans. But are they really in charge of the agenda now? Or is it electronic media and social media? Um, I think something we have to look at as fans. Celtic's projected images are 100 miles away from what the reality and yet the image that we've been given that's projected for us is also 100 miles away from the reality. And I think we have to address both at the same time. The simple, fact is, the, the simple fact is, Scott, that within any large group, cross-section of society, drawn from all levels of society, which a football support is, um, especially in Scotland where it reaches from, you know, the, the right at the bottom scale right up towards the top, you will have some arseholes. You will have some absolute pricks. And the idea that you can have one blanket term for everyone in that support is straight away so objectively stupid 
that you, you can tell that anyone who tries to perpetrate that has an agenda. Because you cannot say all Rangers fans are bad or all Rangers fans are good because they're not. Nor can you say all Celtic fans are good. But the media try to do so. They try to spin it in that way. It's embarrassing. And it's led to, I think, this crisis of identity that we don't have because we know, to, you know, fuck the media off. They are not going to report us in a fair fashion. We have learned that over the years. However, the Celtic support, when they go to places where their behaviour is not, not even excused, but not tolerated, they react like kids because it's sort of like a kid who's never been told no being told no. And after the disbelief comes a tantrum. And that's what happened at the weekend. Now, I'm a lefty bastard. I, I despise Tommy Robinson's politics and all he stands for. Absolutely mm-hmm. hate the blow. So the idea that because I support Rangers and he was wearing a Rangers top, the guy clearly couldn't fucking name a Rangers player, by the way. It was just to annoy Celtic fans. He went looking for trouble. Celtic fans went to the spot he was at looking for trouble, and then trouble ensued. This is not, you know, this is not the Archduke Franz Ferdinand being shot, and we need to, you know, look at all the reasons that caused the shift in geopolitics here. This is Fanny looking for a fight attracts group of Fannies looking for a fight, and group of Fannies got their heads kicked in. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them both. There's no sympathy for for either party here. I mean, it was squalid. Yeah. And it didn't show Scottish football in a good light. And I just think it's good for Scottish football and for for English people to see that we were able the next day to show how a a noisy, colourful support can behave. I think maybe it's a good job that we played in Sheffield the next day, I think, for everyone. I just, as I say, I just think that there's a, a myth between the reality of what supports are like up here to, to suit an agenda. And, and anyone listening to this knows that that agenda exists. It's, it's, it's clear as day. So that's that's the thing. And like I say, anyone saying that all one support is fantastic and all of another support uh, are horrible base of society people, um, they're clearly in the wrong. However, yes. you know, we're clearly better than them. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it's not about what about today, but it is. Yeah, and it's not about... Nobody can sit and claim that their support um, is significantly better in all aspects of life than the other. Nobody can do that. But yet, here I am doing that. Yeah, and I think... This isn't about point scoring, David. Yeah. But it is. Yeah, and in terms of point scoring, we won. Yeah, I think so. I think... You know, we victory in... In more ways than one. Mm. Not only do we beat Sheffield Wednesday, but we win in life. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out we're Scotland's biggest team, best team, best behaved team. And without wishing to get embroiled in a whole brouhaha about how Schman should behave in away games, it's how we it's how we behave. Yes, exactly. It's, 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 not, it's not what you said to behave. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. Now, Scott, before we move on with a due sense of trepidation and dread to the sporting integrity section. I have one this week, by the way. But before really? we, we move on to that, uh, we've got some big news. Um, starting this week, yes, we do. Starting for you as well, as it turns out. Um, and, and you'll be relieved to know it means more work for you. But starting right. this week, uh, you'll be getting, most weeks, but certainly uh, it's planned for the foreseeable, a second shorter pod. 
I was, I was expecting maybe a round of applause or something there. Right, what's it entail? Um, well, we will do a preview of that weekend's game or certain other fun stuff. And uh, we're actually working on a fairly big launch this week. And I don't want to promise anything in case it doesn't happen. But um, keep your ear peeled for a rather unique interview. And I put it like that. And no, it's not Scott. No, no, that would be pretty tawdry, yeah. wouldn't it? And it, it'll be... If you uh, definitely want I mean, I wouldn't mind, it's fine. I can't think of anything about you that we haven't already shared with the listeners. Favourite colour, blue, I mean. Oh, exactly, favourite colour, blue. Favourite team, Rangers. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I have already said to this week's test subject that I'll be maybe interviewing him in a slightly different way to maybe the way most interviews he's had in his life um, pan out. But that that's something for people. Naked. To... <laughs> well, yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, wait to hear who it is, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a fair right. chance. Okay. Uh, there's a oh, fair God. chance. Stop it. Oh, it's one of your bum boys, isn't it? From the past two you loved particularly. I know that. It's not Stuart Monroe, is it? It's not Stuart. I haven't been able to drag him down yet. <laughs> oh, I hope he gets a restraining order. 31 years of my fruitless quest, and yet Stuart Monroe. And uh, people had asked, and actually I forgot to mention last week's pod, we pointed out that this was the pod that had sold out in more ways than one. And then I, I didn't actually qualify the line, and that's entirely my fault. Get carried away because, as I say, Ian Ogg's performance was so good after you know what I was expecting that um, I, I just I, I, I get swept up in it. Um, it was the Ricky Foster versus Valencia, you know, and the myth's just going to build uh, after time. But uh, what I meant by that is we have sold out our second live show on the twenty fifth of August, and um, we're very much looking forward to that at the Loudon Tavern, but. Uh, we also sold out in another way, specifically um, for the Marseille game. When you opened up your programme at half-time and started flicking, you would have found a three-page feature uh, about me. Yes, I saw that. And ironically, it was, who's your favourite player, what's your favourite colour? It was, it was. And a uh, lovely, lovely photograph of me up in the, up in the stand. And a few people said, oh, David, you know, you sold out. And, and uh, I, I sort of wondered about how to... to Respond to that, and I thought, yeah, yeah, I did, I did. Really, all these years. I mean, have I ever hidden from you that I would sell out you and everybody associated with this pod in a fucking heartbeat? Well, no, I'm surprised that you can consider how to respond to people who'd ask you. I'm surprised you didn't tell them to fuck off straight away. Is what I mean. Mm. The oh, the, the thing about it was that uh, they they sprung on me to name uh, my favourite ever Rangers team and as people pointed out I forgot Gaza who may well be my favourite ever Rangers player but uh, it's very, see if somebody tells you gives you literally you've got the answer kind of within 30 seconds name your favourite try it right go to your mate and say 30 seconds your favourite ever one to 11 in Rangers players go right no, you, you blank you really do You're sort of like, uh, Nicky Walker uh, Ali Dawson, you know, it, it becomes quite difficult because of the, the things that jumped in. I mean, fucking Neil Woods jumped into my head at one point. So, uh, apologies to Gaza. Uh, you would actually make my favourite of a Rangers team. Although I do think that the Barry Ferguson Graham Sooners partnership, and remember it's Ferguson of 2002 2003, and yeah. Sooners, I don't think there's a lot getting through that midfield. That's all I'm saying. Was that 4 3 1? No, of course it fucking wasn't. What do you think it was? It was a 4-4-2, was it? was it? a 4-4-2. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, the big guys at the back, wasn't there? Yep. There was. There was Go- Goff- large up front. Goff- I know exactly how it should be. We're Rangers. Yes, Goff and Ammo were the centre back, and up front was McCoyce and Hately. A big cunt and a wee cunt that can finish. The way football should be played, the way Rangers have been fucking playing for 140 odd years, that is exactly the way I'd line us up. And that's why I'm glad that, that Pedro's gone 4 4 and, and bang beards, Pedro, and green boots and all that shit. He has already. I fucking love Pedro. We're going to win the treble. Yes, bang green boots is great. And if nothing else, you can throw back in the heart and hand podcast. Yep, exactly. All these years, if they just listened to us. Yep. You know? Why do they deviate away from the plan? I just don't know. Play 4 4 get big guys in and win games yeah. a lot. 4 4 2, two big centre halves, preferably animals, right? Yeah. Two a big bastard up front and a wee guy that can finish, and and wingers who can cross. It's not rocket science, is it? This is where Ian Cathro and his ilk fail. Yeah, they they overthink it. You know, oh, what if the, bit, what if the fullbacks? Right? Yeah, exactly. What if the fullbacks are eighteen inches further forward? It will mean fuck all if you've got a big guy with elbows and shit. Yeah, and if those fullbacks are shooting their own guy, Stephen. You'll be just more of a chance anyway. No, Gary Stevens, top shagger. Top shagger. And you hope he was in your team? He was. I promise he was. Thank God for that. <laughs> you honestly think I wouldn't have put Gary Stevens? You would never have spoken to me again. I'm just... I actually had a panic moment there. Sorry, I'm a bit... <laughs> no, I was God. thinking, I like David to be pal for years, but if he's not got Gary Stevens, that's it. No, no Gary Stevens is in, although... Um, at left back I picked John Brown and a few younger I have to they, they must have been younger Rangers supporters said oh, what about Arthur Newman Arthur New- and I will say this and here's your controversial statement Arthur Newman wasn't as good for Rangers as John Brown was no and I think there's Stuart Newman as well of course I think Newman might have had the slight edge yeah. on, on the show you know, John and, Brown I always think I always remember John Brown a lot in half as well you know it, it's hard to know yeah. The thing about Bomber when he first arrived, especially, was an absolutely brilliant attacking fullback in the modern sense. He scored uh-huh. goals, he got forward, he could cross, he was a good athlete. He gets underrated yeah. because he's Bomber, he's ginger, he's Scottish. Uh, Arthur Newman, you know, sexy, glorious, Dutch, cost five million. But trust me, and a back four of Bomber, Ammo, Goff, and uh, Gary Stevens is going to murder people. And then shag their lives, and that is exactly that should be the Rangers, the Rangers slogan. Instead of "I ready," it should be "Kill them, feast on the lamentations, and then hump their women." And then the guy Stevens to film it. Yes, and record and that. Then put it the guy. So Sinclair and the co are going home after a terrible day getting beat, and then they've got a wee video cassette saying "Gary and your wife." Yeah, well, Gary. And they put it in the VHS player. Switch on. Sinclair's sad enough after we won 7 0 yeah. and he watched his wife getting pumped by Gary. You'd, you'd probably that, enjoy that though. Yeah. No, you're, not, you're not going there. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. No. <laughs> no, 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 you're not going anywhere, Gary. Be until about half 10. I'll, I'll leave the spare key in the port. Alright, right, enough of our waffle. Uh, yes, folks, I, I've delayed it as long as I can, but I'm afraid we're going to have to go to it. Yes, it's the Sporting Integrity section. The sporting integrity section is when we look around the world of sport and see who's made the biggest cock and balls themselves over the past seven days. 
It's uh, named in honour of uh, the concept of sporting integrity, the kind that makes you go on a never-ending or beginning tour of Japan. The time that the, tries to take people's titles off them that you can't win on the field. The type that has people like Stuart Reed and Neil Doncaster in positions of power. And uh, unfortunately, this is the section that Scott's made his own. So, uh, Scott, the floor is yours. Yes. Uh, I'll give you a few because obviously the season hasn't really started yet. And I want to ease in very slowly. Like Gary Stevens, in fact. Yes. Um, just somebody who's videotaping at the time. I'm going to ease in slowly. Um, I think we'll probably have to start with a man we can all respect, David. Somebody who has put a lot into football and perhaps deserves to put his feet up. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Sam Allardyce. Big Sam! Reflecting as he was, of course, on his £2 million bonus for keeping Sunderland up, his £1 million payoff for managing England for two months, and his £2 million bonus for, keep, for playing managing Palace for 21 games, okay? Mm-hmm. He then decided to retire from football. Now, we don't know if it's forever, David. We don't know that. He could come back. We suspect you know, it isn't. Sorry? We suspect it isn't. We suspect it isn't, though. But what Sam did say after earning about £5 million in a couple of weeks was, do you know, there comes a time when a man has to take stock. Yeah, there is Sam, isn't there? Well, well be fair, if I'd earned that much in the last two of months, I think I'd be sitting here talking to you for all these fucking idiots. No, I wouldn't be here. You'd be an empty phone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, £5 million, yeah, £5 million you made for sort of sacked a lot or moving jobs a lot and he's decided that he's time to reflect he still well, has a long way to go to catch up on the undisputed king of this um, which is Kenny Douglas who it was calculated once had been paid up in terms of contracts that had been uh, ended early for 17 years of work that he didn't actually have to do as a manager well yeah you have to love Kenny and obviously no stage of he step in and ask the contract to be cancelled no mm. Uh, well, generally manage that by results. <laughs> so you know, I loved it. I loved it. He was Celtic manager. Oh, it was great. Remember the the press conferences in the in the slop house. Oh, it was brilliant. Uh, maybe uh, <laughs> and that could have been any of the dinners. Never yeah, mind Kenny. It was. Oh, the, uh, it was. Uh, that was a time when they they wouldn't let Hugh Evans in because he was anti-Celtic, and you think, yeah, people say you're paranoid. Yeah, um, but so I think it's no wonder that Sam's taking this stage to put his feet up um, in his massive mansion in the Barbados. Yeah? Yes. Yes. Next, David, let me let me set the scene for you, okay? Go on. This is, should be done if it wasn't for the fact that we're sitting over in a wind tunnel, probably with phones. This should be done in a partridge voice, right? Yeah. This comes to you from Pear Tree Productions, okay? Yeah, and I do apologise, incidentally, people for the sound quality, but it was this or nothing. Yeah. A TV presenter is shooting an antelope with a bone arrow. A voiceover. Good hit. Some liver. And I think he caught a lung as well. This clip from my outdoor, a new channel, show, Dark Continent Quest. Right, so it's my outdoor TV, Dark Continent Quest. It will disgust fans. It will disgust UK fans who perhaps prefer David Attenborough. So it's a hunting show. It is a hunt show. And do you know what they call people sign up for it? Cunt. Slave Purview. Yes, Slave Purview, right? Right. And do you know who runs it? Do you know who's in charge of this? I do, but Stan, tell me. Stan Krunker. Stan Krunker, that's right. American, uh, um, American mustachioed Arsenal owner. Yes, that's one way of looking at it. Arse something. 
Um, the guy who basically, it's mainly it's Stan, it's mainly the guy who's behind Arsenal's current policy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm racking up loads of cash, not spending any of it. I'm not neither winning nor really losing. Yes. But just kind of hanging around, having £200 million in the bank. Yeah, just That's existing. Stan. So what else have got on this channel? What? This wild game. Or Libertine, I don't know name, Libertine Austin, um, hosts it. The women can keep crossbow hunts, and there's tracks across Africa, which is about professional hunters backing up and flying with buffaloes and taking their tusks and horns. So this is where Arsenal fans are, this is one of their main shareholders and owners. Mm. Um, I, I, dis- I despise I mean, people who hunt for sport, as you know. I mean, I, I, I think we should be allowed to, to hunt them if they're so fucking keen on it. Um, they can run about and I'll come after them with a gun. That's what I'm thinking. I've been interested to watch this space if Arsenal fans take this up. It's absolutely disgusting. And if any Rangers board person, boardman tried that, I mean, absolutely. Because no, I, I, think, I, I don't think we have a problem with board members, uh, you know, hunting things in the wild. I mean, bus safety, I think, you know, if you were a, a bus then in certain areas of the country you might find yourself um, cornered yes. and eventually slain. Yes, um, but we won't go into that for legal reasons. No, we won't. Um, Same with Arsenal, and I like this, Sevilla star, Wicham Ben Yedder, um, had a nice little spat on Twitter with an Arsenal fan. Okay. He basically, he basically tweeted them, um, give us a trophy, with a smile, because of course Seville won both their games, including beating Arsenal, and then didn't win the Emirates Yes, Cup. because at the Emirates Cup you get a point for every goal scored, which meant that Arsenal, who won one game and lost one game, won the trophy, whereas Sevilla, who won both games, didn't. Yes, so he, but jokingly, to give us a cup, and an Arsenal fan came out, he singled him out, the vicious, so Ben Yedder instantly hit back, saying, oh, don't be mad, bro, calm down, get your things in the Champions League. Oh, <laughs> Well played, well played. I thought so. He didn't get angry, he didn't block the guy. I thought that was great. Good sense of humour. And the Arsenal fans all went very quiet after that. Yeah, they disengaged. There's not really much you can say to that. Well, Scott, um, we'll give the people a, a rest, unfortunately, from your uh, um, bus, bus stop sounds at the moment. Um, because I think that, that otherwise the ears will be starting to hurt. And I want to share my one with you. So... Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to name a guy who, who got mentioned last week and I wasn't going to bring him up probably wouldn't have brought him up for the rest of the season but um, it's our old friend Tom English uh, now some of you may not know who Tom English is he works for the BBC he used to be a tabloid no he didn't he, well he was a tabloid journalist he just happened to work for a broadsheet but um, Tom this week had tweeted out that Rangers had acted unlawfully and a Rangers supporter and we mentioned this last week, a Rangers supporter tagged in Jolene Mon QC, who is um, one of Britain's leading experts on tax law. And he came back and said, no, it's not unlawful. And Tom English, rather than just say, well, OK, that's what we were told, said, no, we've been told that and it is. And Jolene Mon said, no, it isn't. And here's the explanation. And then Tom brilliantly sent him the dictionary definition of unlawful to try to prove he was correct. And, right. now, and I guess at the speech he was losing the argument. Yes, and he, he, he said, uh, as you can see here, unlawful means immoral, and this, yeah, which is true, it is, it's, it's one of its synonyms, uh, mean, can mean unlaw- unlawful can mean immoral. So 
Rangers' use of it was immoral and therefore uh, unlawful. And Julian Mon went, adultery is immoral. Were you saying that adultery is illegal and unlawful? Right. So he then, Tom, to be fair to him, then tried to bring things swiftly to an end where he said, look, you're an expert, but we have experts at the BBC. And That's a phrase I wouldn't say necessarily true for BBC Scotland. No, but he said, well, we have experts. Thanks for your input. And Julian Mon went, OK, who are these experts? Because I'll probably know them. Um, and I'd be interested in speaking to them to find out what the reasoning is so that, you know, that they are in my sector and, you know, we'll obviously come across each other. So I want to find out quite what the thinking on it is. And he said, no, they're, and he actually said this, as he went, they are experts. <laughs> and Julian Mon went, aha, uh-huh, yeah, who are they? And he said, well, I can't name them. And Julian Mon said, why not? Well, just accept that they are experts. And Julian Mudge basically said, you're a fucking idiot, and left. And then there was much rejoicing from, and laughter from Rangers fans at Tom, who now can't tweet without the words, did you ask an expert about that, Tom? Because rather than just admit he'd made a cunt of it, uh, but here's like, the more sinister thing. You know me, I'm always looking for the, the more sinister thing. You are. Especially online. Especially online. You know, God bless VPNs. But, uh, okay, if these experts exist, which they don't, but if they did, right? They don't. They don't. No, of course they don't. As someone pointed out, the only tax expert BBC Scotland have had on in the last six years is... I would imagine the man himself. It was Julian Mon QC, yes. So... I think he was also wondering why they would come to him if they have their own experts, but there you go. But, uh, yeah, so he, say he did, right? And he phones and he says, hello, BBC tax expert. And the guy says, hello, or the woman. Hello. And he said, you know, could you tell me? And the guy gave his opinion and Tom reported it, right? Tom's then been given, however, conflicting advice from another tax expert. Okay. Mm -hmm. At yeah. best, at best, that's what's happened. So, what you would do if it, if it was best. me? Yeah, what you would do if it was me? I'd go. One expert has said this, and one expert has said that. Therefore, the results are inconclusive. You can even still choose to put a negative spin on it, which is to say, some experts believe it's unlawful. You can you can do that, right? You can put a spin on it, and while I think that that's clearly an agenda you can do that but Tom didn't do that Tom said no it is unlawful I've spoken to experts so basically what Tom meant was it doesn't matter what anyone says I have decided that this is what it is and therefore that's what it is that's the Huns have cheated and they're guilty and that's the problem and that's what they can't see why we have a problem with them. You were told by someone who knows far more about it than you that you were wrong. And rather than just admit it, he makes up a group of invisible experts who don't exist. And he then continues to argue to the point of making a fool of himself in public and having his arse handed to him repeatedly by a far cleverer individual. That's the level of hatred for Rangers and their supporters in this country, in the media, 
that they can't even do their job with the basic semblance of professionalism, that they're reduced to acting like this. And it's just so wrong. So I want you all to do me a favour. Get in touch with Tom English on Twitter. He's at BBC Tom English. With any of your questions and queries, because Tom knows experts. And you can use the hashtag... Ask Tom, and just find yeah. out from Tom. Yeah. Any subject, any subject. Any folks. subject. Tom, I'm having problem removing the grouting from the tiles in the bathroom. Could you ask an expert the best way to do it? Tom, I'm suffering from premature ejaculation, and I mean extremely premature. We're, we're just getting the bill in the restaurant, and whoops, there go my trousers. Can you ask an expert how to delay it a bit longer? Yeah, I think Tom's the kind of guy who obviously he reminds me of a Celtic vlogger and we won't name names but it's the one who's insane we yeah just, that doesn't really narrow things there's one there's one that thinks that he's going to be assassinated by and was it the UDA or something well <laughs> yeah I mean I've never narrowed that down but particularly for the bloggers particularly mental and you use the semicolons mm. a lot Um and he started brilliantly his blog entry this morning, and this probably sums it up. And this is the level that Tom English is aspiring to. Yeah. Tom wishes he was as good. Yes, it's blog. I sat down and wrote a big long letter to the SFA, but I didn't save it properly, and it crashed on my computer. That's a, that's a tragedy for the world. That is, you know. I wish that letter had got there because probably would have actually ended this whole thing where I was getting put back to Division 3. <laughs> oh, the, the smoking gun. There's just that, <laughs> that one piece of evidence that got away. Otherwise, we would have what? been done. What? I just know they are. Exactly. <laughs> but you, you know, the I but Huns argument, you do expect, even in a tabloid, fair enough, you're allowed to have an agenda. We're allowed not to buy it. That's cool. The difference is the BBC are supposed to be impartial. Now we can all of our, you know, you think that they're rabidly um, pro-left wing. A friend, Stephen Smith, thinks that they're rabidly pro-right wing. I just think that there's some wankers in every job in the world. But BBC Scotland is fairly obvious in the agenda that it pushes in terms of Rangers supporters, Celtic supporters. And this is another example of that, that a journalist who is publicly presented with expert opinion and chooses not only to disregard it, but to lie about what he's done. And I, it's pathetic. I mean, it's, it's beyond pathetic. So, well, uh, I'll tell you what mine's going to be, folks. Tom, do you think we'll close the Eskin Bridge when we win 55? <laughs> How will he know? Yeah, he, how will he yeah, know he'll already have jumped? Yeah. How will he know he'll already have jumped? He'll just put the headphones down and immediately start driving as soon as the final whistle's, uh, final whistle's blown, so I think that that's that. Okay then, folks, well, the winner then, Scott, is the Arsenal fan who tweeted that to the Sevilla defender. Yeah, it was Sevilla star then, Visam Ben Yedder wins this week's sporting... Integrity, which there is none. Which, there's no prize, but you know he's a Champions League footballer, and you and I are two dicks with a podcast that sounds horrible this week. So what do we know? 
Yes, we are not. We wish we were Visam Ben Yedder. Yes, exactly. Okay, and folks, um, all that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producer in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Miles. Um, thank all of you for listening in. It's very, very much appreciated. To remind you, you don't need to do anything if you've subscribed. It will just appear automatically in your feed as uh, the usual one does earlier in the week. But please keep an eye out either Thursday night or Friday morning and you will receive a wee bonus pod and you will start to receive these regularly. I'm not promising one every week, but regularly throughout the season. And uh, hopefully it'll be something to look forward to. As I say, how, how many times can you hear a man masturbating while talking to a former footballer? Doesn't happen that often, I'll tell you. Um, so that that's something for everyone to look forward to. Um, all it means for me to do is to say you can get in touch with us on Twitter. I'm at ibroxrocks. Scott is... Scott Hart Hand. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook. Go to the basically the Rangers Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. Just search for us. We pop up and come and chat to us. Scott, thank you very much, my friend, and uh, thanks for making it work um, after Apple tried to fuck us up. I am fixing. I am telling you, I'm going to fix Skype. This is what my ambition this week is to fix bloody Skype. That's that's Scott's homework, and uh, we, thankfully. Uh, when we're back next week for the flagship show as it'll come to be known and that there's going to be a big one and a wee one you think I'd let Scott do the wee one on his own but I don't trust him um, to fuck it up we might actually do this different I might uh, I could make you host it and I could just be you know the, the guest yeah I could say like you know welcome to Heartland this week last week David went off and did something else interviewed somebody here's the interview yeah that's not this nice. you and then they're saying thanks for listening <laughs> oh. it make me feel important yeah, I don't get to you on <laughs> I, love, I love that that's such a good idea that might be the way we're going with it. Okay then, folks. Thank you very much for listening. My name's David Edgar. I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. Network.